Hey, what's up, guys? The Modern Flirting Podcast back again, as we do every single week. And so what we do here is we try to answer the hard questions for success. Edit. I'm going to redo that. All right. One more time. Hey, what's going on, everybody? The Modern Flirting Podcast back again as we do every single week, putting it down and answering the hard-hitting questions that success-minded guys have on the top of their mind, which is how can I improve in relationships, dating, um, business, health. And so that's what we focus on. And we're going to answer those questions. We're going to go deep today on that for sure. My name is Dale Valor. I'm the host of the Modern Flirting Podcast and one of the coaches here at Modern Flirting and uh, holding it down solo today. You know, it's doing it by myself. I don't have any of the other coaches here with me, Jamie, Jared, or Cosmo. Uh, one of them or all of them may pop in at some point in time, but until then, you have me. And that's okay, because I like doing things by myself um, from time to time and really uh, showing who I am and showing uh, my identity and getting to letting you guys that are listening to the podcast get to know me a little bit better, what I'm about and all that kind of thing. And so I think that that's pretty cool. And, you know, like I was doing some thinking and, and I, this came up in uh, one of my classes uh, yesterday uh, for Quit Self-Sabotage, which is a class that I do at Modern Flirting. And, uh, you know, one of the things that came up was the whole idea of perfectionism and how so often we as individuals, um, you know, we, we, we try to plan stuff out that's so airtight where there's no kind of uh, chance for any kind of risks that, that, that could be negative to, that could impact Maybe it's our business, maybe it's our relationships, maybe it's dating, uh, professionally, uh, health-wise. You know, we, we come up with these grand plans and, and try to make them just, again, so airtight and foolproof that absolutely nothing can impact it negatively. And, and, and that's just not going to happen. You're never going to make that perfect plan. And so what guys tend to do is they have this case of paralysis by analysis and they never actually start. Now, do not get it twisted. I am not saying by any stretch that you shouldn't game plan for things, especially big momentous events in your life, like starting a business, we'll say, or asking out your crush. That could be a momentous <laughs> uh, uh, moment in your life. And could be very difficult maybe for you to do. And so by no means am I saying, um, oh, there he is. What's up, Jared? What's up? Yo, yo. I just went ahead and started, bro. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh, no worries. Uh, Calvary's on the way. I'm coming in. Uh, Cosmo's going to be coming in. Jamie soon after a coaching call. What I, what I missed so far? Fill me in. Uh, well, so what I was talking about was uh, something that came up in my class yesterday that I think is a, a topic that, you know, so many guys deal with. Nice shirt, by the way. Um, <laughs> so many guys deal with this particular uh, um, mindset, and that's perfectionism, where, you know, they, they, they game plan and, and try to come up with, uh, so, you know, just 
this airtight plan before they actually take any action. What's up, Cosmo? What up, my brother? How you doing, man? Life is great, dude. Good. Great to hear it. That's awesome. Love the mindset. Um, so, yeah, you know, guys come up with these plans uh, that they never execute because the, the game plan isn't perfect, right? And so I, I see that so, so many times, you know, when it comes to even, even something as basic as approaching, never mind something huge like starting a business or something like that where you actually do need a plan. But when, when is life ever perfect, right? That when, when, when does that ever happen where everything is just perfect? You know, it, it, it's unrealistic to, to try to plan for something that is so perfect that there's no downsides, no chance for error, anything like that. That that that's what I was talking about. Oh, every day, all the time, it's like that. When, when is it not like that, Dale? Oh, of course, well, it's never. Of course, it's never well, like that. Welcome that, to Jared's life, apparently. Yeah, right. <laughs> oh, no, I mean, of course. I mean, like that's just that's just not a thing. We need reasonable expectations and view on like what we are trying to accomplish and what we do with our life. The idea. So my, my reality, the idea is never to have a perfect life because mm -hmm. even if you got a perfect life, then guess what? Like anything you would get used to it and you get bored. There's, there's a whole, um, yes. uh, what's that Australian comedian's name? Jim, Jeff, Jeff Ross. Jim, I don't know. Some Australian comedian is like, I hope there's no heaven because if there's heaven. I'm going to get used to it. I'm going to get bored. And then there's going to be an eternity of boredom. And it's just a funny take on it, right? So the idea is never to have a perfect life. The idea is to have a life that's always striving for perfection, but you never want to get there. So it's kind of like, um, I don't know if the guys listening to this, you know, if, if you're listening to this, you know, World of Warcraft and ever played that kind of game, but the idea of World of Warcraft is to never win. <laughs> you never want to win Warcraft. The idea is you just keep leveling up. It's a never ending cycle of leveling up because that's the real joy. It's getting to a level, getting comfortable with it, and then having that desire and wonder of, I wonder what the next step is. I wonder what's the next part of my progression, what I can do with my life. Yeah. Um, and there's a lot of cool things like that. Like, you know, if I'm not growing, I'm dying kind of uh, mentality. So fuck perfection. It's it's the, the true happiness comes from the pursuit of perfection, not actually having it. I like what you said there. If you're not growing, you're dying because every time there's growth, there's growing pains. And those pains, by definition, is not perfection, right? And so, yeah, I, I love it. What, what do you think about that, Cosmo? One of the funnest, most amazing experiences I had in my life, and the guy who taught me all of this mystery in Matador couldn't relate to me at all. The fun part about me being on that VH1 show was that I made so many mistakes and I was growing, growing, growing. Mystery was perfect on that show. He was God. So for him, it was boring. He made no mistakes. He was God. It was so boring. And um, I really think that when I go out and I'm too good, I don't have, I don't come home and I'm not in bed like fulfilled. But in the Fort Lauderdale retreat that we did, when that girl rejected me, that was the most joy I have got out of an interaction in years. I was yeah. so excited because I love it when things get muddy, unpredictable things happen, things that you didn't expect. I like that. I like if I walk up to five, six beautiful girls and by mistake, I burp, I fart, I stutter. Like I live for shit like that. That's so fun for me. 
when it's so perfect, I feel like a robot. And I feel like that's where we're going to be at in 40, 50 years from now with AI, just like perfection. Like everything is just perfect, perfect, perfect. So I like that. You know, what's funny that you mentioned that to me, that shows the humanity side of you, right? Like if like you stutter, I just stuttered just a second ago, right? Like that shows the, uh, the human component of you that you're not like untouchable or, or like, do you know what I'm trying to say? Like, yeah, absolutely. I think as soon as people can relate to you and be, and, and, you know, why people are empathetic towards the biggest actors on the planet is because we can see their imperfection. I think that everyone knows this case and it's going to be the most perfect case I can say. Johnny Depp and Amber Heard. I'm telling you right now, Johnny Depp will be the most beloved actor this year and next year Mm -hmm. because everyone saw him on trial talk about his coke problem, his alcohol problem, all that. He was as honest as you can be. And instead of judging Johnny Depp, guess what America did? Guess what the world did? Fuck, dude. This guy is, we feel bad for him. We want him to win again. We thought he had everything together. He didn't. Even at that high level, being Johnny Depp, being Brad Pitt, they're still going through relationship issues that our students are going through. That's the fun part of it for me. Even if I get, when I get to Johnny Depp's level, it's still going to be a never ending battle. And that's what I love about it. Social dynamics, you will never master it. There's always going to be room for improvement. There's always going to be room to grow. And I love it. That's why I was never a big fan of, you know, being a doctor or being something like that. Because it was like eight years and you got your degree. I've been doing this for 16 years. I don't even know if I'm, I'm a black belt. Like I still, I don't know. I still have room to grow and that excites me. You know, what's cool about that is I was just giving this example just recently. Um, actually, I, I think I may have said it in the uh, in my presentation at the at the retreat. You know, if you ask Dwayne Johnson, if he's arrived, he would tell you no, that he's got a lot of room to grow. I promise. You, I mean, I've never asked him, but I would venture to say that would be something that he would say. OK, um, but if you ask any quote unquote normie you know just joe blow out on the street has the rock arrived they're gonna be like well yeah you know and, and so that's the difference in the mentality he got to where he is because of that mentality and he still knows that there's room for improvement there's things that he wants to do things he hasn't accomplished yet when 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 the average person looks at him and like man he accomplished he's accomplished so much in, in a relatively short amount of time by the way you know um, he's accomplished all this. I can never compare it to that. Well, it's because you don't have the same type of mindset is what it boils down to. You know what I mean? There's so. to my mind. There's two components to this. If you're going to use the rock analogy, right? The, the one part of the component is that, like that we said before, the mindset of you're always leveling up. There's always to be leveling up. The rock is the rock because he just kept leveling up. The rock could have just been a, athletic guy, you know, in, in college football. And that would have been enough, but no, he leveled up. He got into wrestling WWE. He could have been a wrestler at WWE, but he go, no, I'm going to be the most entertaining and the best wrestler at WWE. He could have been the champ and just left it there at WWE, but he goes, no, I'm going to be an actor. 
And he could have just been an actor every now and then on some film. But he goes, no, I'm going to be a household name actor. I'm going to be a famous fucking actor versus a novelty actor. He could have left it there, but he's like, no, I'm going to be a businessman and I'm going to sell uh, tequila. And he's making, I'm telling you right now, he's going to make more money with tequila than he is with the acting and with the wrestling combined. All right. Yeah. So he keeps leveling it up. Right. And that's what makes him the rock. And that's what makes any guy, guys don't just wake up one day and have all this value, have all this status, have all this great stuff going on in their life. It is a series of steps of, of hard work and, and figuring shit out that levels up their life in whatever capacity. And what I want to say on, on Cosmos thing, but we, you know, we look at these examples, the rock. We look at like Johnny Depp and their vulnerability and them opening up and people falling in love with them. I do want to make something clear that that works as long as you have what I'm calling the Superman effect, right? And what, what I mean by that is super, no one gives a fuck about Superman. No one can really connect with Superman if it wasn't for kryptonite. Like he needs a weakness. He needs a vulnerability or the lowest lane. The fact that he'll completely submit if Lois is in danger and he has to like, he's not going to risk Lois's life. He has weaknesses and that just makes him a more relatable character. Okay. And, and what, how, what that means in real world for us is look, if you're going to have these chinks in the armor, you better have armor in the first place. That's you better be the fucking man. Look at Johnny Depp, one of the greatest actors, the rock, one of the greatest personalities and everybody knows like you have to be the fucking man and be amazing at your craft or whatever it is you do. And then when people see you in this almost perfectionist light, then you show, well, no, I'm actually human, just like you. But it doesn't work if they don't see you as Superman to begin with. So for an example, if some incel listening to this or a guy in part of the MGTOW movement is like, all right, cool, I'll show people my weaknesses and, and how I'm suffering. Uh, look, everybody fucking knows you're already suffering. Everybody knows you, you're, you don't have that Superman effect yet. You, you're not there. You haven't leveled up to that yet. Um, another example would be the, the nice guy. When a nice guy is always nice and beta and super like, you know, um, submissive and super like a doormat for girls, if he does a nice gesture, the girl will roll her eyes at him. Yet now take a guy who's maybe he's a little cocky, you know, he teases the girl a bunch, he's a little bit of a bad boy, maybe a rebel, whatever the fuck, and he has that frame. And then, but then all of a sudden, the girl catches him doing something really nice. Like he, he did something sweet for his grandma, or he went out of his way, he was very thoughtful on his date and, and got something for the girl, right? All of a sudden, that nice act is everything. It's huge. It means a lot because it came from him because he's not always doing that, right? It's a, it's a sign of that behavior. Um, for example, I did a reel or a TikTok thing where I talked about the power of vulnerability and I got some hate comments on it going, you can't be vulnerable. You can't show that to the girl. No, fuck that shit. Um, this is, you know, how you become a simp and blah, blah, blah. And what that tells me is the guys who don't see the power of that, they don't have that Superman aura in the first place, the value, the playfulness, the confidence, the swag, what the game, whatever you want to call it. Because when you have that in place, that's where the vulnerability, something like that is super powerful. But if you're already this like overly emo, whatever guy, then of course it's not going to work. So I really yeah. want to make that distinction. You know, um, it's funny that, that you mentioned that because I was just, just recently, I was talking to somebody about this. I did a, uh, like a free webinar call. And this is probably about a year, year and a half ago, something like that. And I had this guy on there that was just, quite honestly, he was getting on my nerves a little bit. He was just like challenging me, challenging me, challenging me, challenging me. And I was like, 
and, and it was all about things like what we're talking about here about, about vulnerability. Right. And he's like, girls only like guys who are very stoic and like show no emotion and no expression or anything like that. And what's up, Jamie? Hi. And so, um, you know, and I'm like, that's ridiculous. I'm like, I don't know where you got that notion from, but that is absurd. I was like, dude, look, look, look at NFL linebackers. You know, you got a guy that's 6'5", 255 pounds, you know, like testosterone, just like sweating out of his pores. You know what I mean? Like this dude is in everybody's classification, like an alpha type of guy, right? Let that dude win the Super Bowl. And those tears start rolling out of his eyes. Right. You're going to tell me that that guy, that super alpha dude doesn't have emotions. Let a defensive end sack a quarterback in a Super Bowl that causes, you know, the victory. Like, dude, come on, man. Like, that dude's going to be a mess on the sidelines. Both both teams, by the way, the winners and the losers. The winners because they uh, accomplished a lifelong dream. The losers because they were this close. You know? And it's like, dude, come on, man. Like, you have to show some kind of expression of emotion. If this you don't, what- you're just, you're nothing more than a robot. Cosmo? Yeah, no, Dale, right on. This is exactly what the best screenwriters in Hollywood do. You guys do realize this, right? This is not even about social dynamics. This is being a good storyteller. Blake Snyder wrote a book called Save the Cat. And in Save the Cat, you have to write that your hero is protecting something, really good at what he does, and empathetic. You have to have your character losing something or else you're going to lose your audience. Let me give you a perfect example. This has nothing to do with social dynamics. I'm talking about being a great storyteller is a little bit harder than social dynamics. Why I say that is because if you're an A-list celebrity, that means that you have to get 800,000 people to buy a $20 movie ticket to go watch you. And how you do that is exactly this. So in Aladdin, the movie starts with a thief really good at his job. There's 20 guards watching him. He's, he's, nobody can catch him. Who's his best friend? A little monkey. Not only that, but Aladdin escapes the 20 guards and he beats them. So America goes, we like this guy. He's good at what he does, but he just stole something. So what happens? He's poor. And he sees two little kids that are starving. Abu looks at Aladdin and goes, Aladdin gives the food that he just had to fight for to these two homeless kids. You just won the whole world in three minutes of screenwriting. The best people at Social Dynamics incorporate Blake Snyder's Save the Cat. There was a movie called The Professional with Natalie Portman. You guys remember that movie where the guy was the killer? And he kind of had like a crush on Natalie Portman. She was only nine years old. This guy's a motherfucking killer. Kill, 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 kill. He gets home. He waters his plants. And you see the vulnerability. He cares for his plants so much. But he's a fucking killer. He just killed a bunch of people. But the fact that we see him water his plants and care for it, we fell in love with him. 
I can go on and on about how Hollywood does this so systematic. They did it with me. In the pickup artist, I told the guys, I will not fucking cry on this show. I'm a fighter from Miami. I'm Cuban. I'm alpha. You ain't going to catch me crying because everyone's going to think I'm a loser. What America fell in love with me on that show was because I showed my vulnerability and I really opened up. If I was the cool guy the whole time, like the Indian guy on that show, Matador, he gets no ratings at all because you don't see the humanity and his vulnerability. Yeah, there's nothing relatable. If, you do, if you're not, because everybody has emotions, everybody has vulnerabilities. And if you're showing none, how can anybody relate to you, right? Uh, this is why I'm reading Brene Brown's Power of Vulnerability. And this is exactly what she's talking about. They've literally done so many studies where it's like, you cannot love and trust someone unless, unless you show vulnerabilities. Because that opens the floodgates where that person is now allowed to also show their vulnerabilities. Because everything else before that, you have judgment, you have you have uh, perceived notions about this person, you, you have an entire wall that's blocking you from actually seeing, okay, can I like this person? As soon as that person shows vulnerabilities, that wall depletes. And now you actually feel that you can participate in this uh, you know, relationship, whatever it may be. Do you have a body in your bed, Jared? <laughs> no, it's this weird pillow I stole from Brandon that I used to make fun of him about saying it's like a pregnancy pillow or some shit. <laughs> but then I, I tried it out when I had an ulcer. I was like, I was not feeling good. And I've never given it back. I actually, like, I secretly really are liking it. It's just like this cool thing. You put your feet on it. You can wrap your legs around it. I'm I like, use one too. It's really nice. Honestly. <laughs> Yeah, so just say that's a girl there. Don't worry about that. <laughs> yeah. That's what I was thinking at first, but I've seen like zero movement. So I'm like, oh, you know, she's, she's a little tired. It's worn, worn her out. I'm gonna say, you know, Cosmo, I gotta ask you, man. Um, Anal. When oh. you, when, when, when you went ahead and you're like, okay, uh, I'm gonna be on the pickup artist. Okay, what was your mentality? Was it like I'm gonna win this, or I'm gonna roll with the punches, see how I do? I'm just gonna be a part of this, and whatever happens, happens. Like, what, what was your mentality going into that? completely the opposite i can't believe i'm gonna tell people I have a problem with women i'm gonna be so shamed when i go back to miami i'm so embarrassed i'm so humiliated i hate myself for being such a pussy Why'd why am i on this show huh why did you do it what, what made you want to sign up and take part of it and and do it then if you were like oh god this is going to ruin my reputation um i don't know <laughs> it, it was it, it was something bigger calling me like it was my it was my gut I was like this I gotta do this you know but I but um I tried to quit like 10 times before we even got to Austin I tried to quit on the plane I tried to quit on the bus I tried to quit on the first episode I tried to quit but something kept me going I have no idea what it was that's, that's a good question I don't know what kept me going but I will tell you I completely misjudged that and guess what so did the producers. They were trying to make that show really funny and very super like surface level. Mm -hmm. And it came out like very vulnerable and like a hero's journey, another acting book, right? A screenwriting book. It came out like the hero's journey where the vulnerability was everything. So I got it wrong. The producers got it wrong and something formed organically. And, and sometimes those are the best. Was there a moment that hit you that was like, you know what? This is actually in reach. If I play my cards right, I'm going to win this. 
Um, I think that hit me like five seconds after Mystery said I won. <laughs> it never hit me. I always thought I was going to lose. <laughs> <laughs> they can't fucking have like a good looking Latin guy win it. They're going to have this fat guy win it. They're going to have this guy win it. I always thought they're going to kick me out because America's going to be like, oh, boo-hoo, what a surprise. The fucking Latin guy won it. Oh, what, you know, so I thought I was going to be kicked out every episode. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. So, Jamie, um, what's your take on vulnerable? I, I know you're reading a book and, and whatnot, but like just from your experience with guys being vulnerable with you, what, what's been your experience there? Like what's too much? What's too little? It's the only thing that keeps women around, right? So what I've realized is, can you guys hear that? Someone's mowing their lawn. Hold on. Um, so, Let's give a shout out to Jamie though. She's finally learned how to read. She's reading a book. That's a big shout out. That's huge. Hey, and it doesn't even have pictures, you guys. Doesn't wow, 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 wow. <laughs> um, what was I saying? I've lost my train of thought. Vulnerability that keeps women, the vulnerability. Oh, so I find that it really, like men fall into one of two categories. And it's like, okay, so like the three stages of attraction, right? So there's like the building desire, building attraction part where fun, push, pull, teasing, like suave, you look good, all that, right? It gets her like intrigued, right? Then you got to move to building comfort, deep connection, right? Um, you know, uh, having, uh, showing vulnerabilities, right? And then you can escalate. So, it kind of, but a lot of guys, they fall into one of two categories where it's like the first one is there, it's all desire. It's all, you know, attraction, the first part, right? And then those are the guys that are like the edgelords, the ones that are too afraid to be vulnerable. So they leapfrog, they leapfrog. Instead of doing the building comfort phase, they just go from, all right, building attraction, desire to escalation because she's interested. But then on the back end, they're like, they're like, I don't understand. Girls won't stick around. Like after the first few dates, like they leave, right? Then you got the other guys where they're all comfort. They're all, they're all, you know, deep connection. They're all trust. Right. But the, those are the ones who end up in the friend zone that they can't actually get that attraction, that desire because they skip the first part and just go right into building comfort. So there, there's definitely a balance and you got to learn how to master all three or all, I'm sorry, both of them to get to that third escalation point where you can, you know, actually get women to come and then to come back. <laughs> yeah. Oops. <laughs> I noticed when when I realized I needed to start being a little more vulnerable. I don't know if you've ever ran into this, Jared Cosmo, um, but where your quote unquote game is so tight that the girl's like, "You do this a lot, don't you?" I started getting that somewhat consistently. It's like you, you. This sounds so so smooth and so well presented. Like you must do this a lot, and that's when I realized I had to start interjecting more humanity into my conversations and things like that. Have you guys ever experienced that before? I am. Yeah. You say after this, but yes. I don't. I don't know if I implemented more vulnerability of myself into it. I always use vulnerability as a key as a reciprocation method. For building connection i know that sounds super mechanical and nerdy but basically my, my whole thing of being vulnerable was was i know that 
investment is attraction, right? The more investment I get from a girl, the more attracted she becomes. So if I want her to emotionally invest in me, she has to open up about her vulnerabilities. She has to tell me about her things that she doesn't tell most people, her secrets, her stories, her venting, right? If I get that from her, she's really getting a lot. And what I realized is it's kind of hard to get that from the girl if I don't use reciprocation, where if I go first, she now feels the need to share, I share, it's so now it's her time to share. So like my vulnerability kind of stories and going into is like how I was adopted and abandoned as a baby and whatnot, right? And I would go into it so much that- You were adopted? Yeah, I was adopted, yeah. What? And I would, I would go into all that and then she would tell me her thing, you know, what's something that she's held on to or whatever the fuck. But on your point, Dale, what, when I started like basically, when I was going out like every back in the day, when I was going out like every day, where it was like like being a fucking machine, like the Terminator, where it's just like everything is just on, where it gets to a thing of just such repetition that everything a girl says, I've heard it before, I know what to say, I know the perfect response. It's just it's very like just rattling it off. And you can get too smooth where the girl's like, you do this too much, you know what you're doing, this is you're too much of a player. Like they see you in that way. It's like like you're too on. You're too perfect with it, right? Yeah. You always have the witty anecdote to anything she says, and it was actually hurting me. So what I did was I started when I realized I was on a roll. I would purposefully mess up and say something stupid, or back then they would call it AFC. But I would say something like that's technically not good, but that would make her realize, okay, he's not this player fuckboy kind of guy. Um, he does, you know, it, it was like tactical moments of messing up to make me more relatable. I don't know if that would be necessarily uh, vulner vulnerability, but it was definitely like added, like like not always having the perfect response back or, or doing the perfect thing, acting like like all of a sudden acting nervous about something. It's like, oh, are you nervous? Or like, shut up, right? whatever. And it's like, no, I like that. It's like, boom. But in reality, I'm like, I'm pretending to be nervous because I knew I needed to show that side of me. That was in my heyday of just like being a machine about this. Yeah. I've learned to like get away from that and to just kind of make my game, make myself to attract and funnel the right kind of women that I want versus trying to get every single girl that comes across my path. What about it's you, been an evolution. Yeah, I, um, I, feel like, I feel like if I'm to be honest with you right now, I'm living it right now. Like, uh, like two months ago, something happened. I got, I, I had, I had a breakthrough and I got even better than how I was. So like the last year I was very stagnant. Like I was always good, 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 but something happened two months ago where maybe it's cause I've been going out a lot and whatever, whatever. But, um, I, 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 yeah, I'm feeling that right now. I'm feeling what you're saying. Cause I'm, I'm getting that a little bit often. The girl is like, um, what you, you know, like what, 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 this is too perfect. Like why this is happening too quick. So I am getting a little bit of that feedback from the girls that I'm, you know, having fun with or whatever, but, um, I, I, I kind of don't really have that problem because I'm a pretty vulnerable person as is and pretty empathetic. So I would say by vicariously, I don't do it as a technique, if I'm to be honest with you. I kind of tell everyone I have abandonment issues, like the world's worst mom, but my grandma came in to protect me. Like, I'm not really gaming a girl. I, I do that. I did that at a pool party with guys, too. Mm -hmm. So by default, I, I was put on this planet not to be a dating coach. I was put on this planet to be an entertainer and a storyteller. So I have that by default. I got I, That's God-given. I got lucky with that.
Yeah. Well, that begs the question. I mean, it's up to you if you want to share it, but what happened a couple months ago? I saw one of the students get really good and it made me and made me spark up. This is Asian guy we have in a program called Alex. And I haven't seen that transformation in a very long time. Um, and he 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 woke up a, 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 an inner beast in me where I was like, fuck this guy. He ain't getting better than me. Look at how good he got. Even in the boot camp, he pulled two girls. I didn't. I'm like, no way. Let's, like he really woke up an inner giant. And I think I have to, I just had a one-on-one -on -one with him. I was telling him, thank you. But I think he woke up a beast because there's no way you're my student that you're going to be better than me. And it's a healthy competition, but man, he woke up a savage, like really like, and, and I'm not a big one night stand guy, like at all, mm -hmm. but because Alex did it, I made, I made it a priority and a game for me to be like, I wonder if I can switch my mindset when I go to Florida to do the, like have a one night stand a lot, not a really big advocate of that, but it, but it happened like seven days in a row. Yeah, it happened. So I think he woke that up. He, I was like, oh, okay, let's go. And it's the same thing that happened on a reality show that, that they woke something up, but just like every art form, um, you're going to get good. And then you're going to be stagnant for a while, just stagnant. You're just going to remain good. You're not going to get worse. You're not going to get better. And you're just stagnant. And then you're going to level up and go, holy shit. And then you might get a little worse and then you might explode back up. Uh, Stephen Pressfield, uh, very eloquently um, in his book, which I think is one of the best books I've ever written, uh, um, read, The War, The Art of War, The Art, no, no, The War of Art, my bad, The War yeah, of I've Art. I've heard of that before. And he talks about what, what it is to procrastinate, to be a true artist, to level up. I think that's where I'm at right now. Very dope. Very cool. Yeah, I'm with you on that. I'm not, I'm not really much of like a one night stand type of guy either. You know what I mean? Um, but it's funny, you know, like sometimes like, you know, talking about vulnerability and stuff like that, sometimes you're thrust into situations, or at least I have where, um, that's not going to suit the, the situation where I have to calibrate and, and, and really downplay that like, uh, BDSM type of events and things like that, where, uh, the women are looking for a character that, that you're playing or, you know, that I'm playing anyway, um, that is that stoic type of guy. They're not looking for that real interpersonal type of <laughs> dynamic. You know what I mean? So sometimes you, I think you do have to scale that back a little bit depending on the situation, but by and large, yeah, it makes all the sense in the world. Yeah, amen. You know, so, but... uh. I don't know about you guys, but I don't really think of it as one night stand or, or later on or back was called time bridge back in the day. I just look at it as like, if this girl's into me, then I don't know when we're going to hook up and it's going to happen. I just know it's going to happen. And when I see that she's receptive to it, that's when I escalate and, and, and make it happen. Right. So if she's giving me all the signals and on the, the night I meet her and she's just like, yes, take me, I want you then I'm going to go for it. I'm going to like lead it that way, make it happen. If not, if I'm like, all right, she's not there yet. Totally cool. Wait for a second date. If she's not there on a second date. Totally cool. Wait for a third date. It really is like a non thing in my mind. It's all, it's like a, almost a delusional confidence of, I know you're, we're talking. I know you're into me. 
it's going to happen. I don't know when it's going to happen, but it will. I think like the quickest I've ever hooked up with a girl was like 15 minutes of, from, from meeting her. And I think the longest was like three years it took, but it, it, it's just when it happens, it happens. And it's just the idea is it's the needle moving in the right direction. I, I kind of look at like one night stands, like if I was to define it, like the, the hit it and quit it type of mentality, you know what I'm like? That, that, that's kind of how I define it. I've never been that guy. You know, like if, if I'm going to be intimate with somebody, it's going to be somebody that I like on multiple levels that I want to have as a part of my life, unless they prove otherwise, you know, like you never know, you know, two weeks later, some crazy event happens or something uh, where you don't want them a part of your life anymore. But that's not my intention going into it, at least, you know, that, that, that that's that's how I feel that's- about it, you know. I keep trying to have one night stands and they keep calling me back. <laughs> like, damn it. Why? God damn it. Yeah, what's up? <laughs> Gotta be lazier about it. Oh, good, you guys. <laughs> so this week, I know that we've had a lot of growth inside of uh, the Modern Flirting VIP program. Uh which is great. I love, I love seeing the growth that, that, that happens there. Um, and, and, and watching the guy, just like Cosmo was talking about watching some of these guys have like real transformations where they just move it into another gear that, that, that they probably didn't even think that that gear existed until they started like hitting it, you know? So, you know, Jared is you being the, uh, the guy that runs the show and all that kind of thing. What's something that somebody that is considering, like, you know, I really need help. Um, I, I've been looking into programs. I've been looking in, on, maybe on YouTube and seeing different guys talking about, uh, you know, improving my relationships and being able to communicate better and things like that. What's the first thing that they can expect by becoming a part of the VIP program? I mean, I would say the, the I- where it should start is the mindset because you can come in and just run and like, let's get tips. Let's get these, you know, teach me to open, teach me a way to tease, teach me a way to escalate and da da da. Uh, but if we're going to do that properly, it all starts with the right mindset on like the culture here on what we are about. Uh, for instance, you know, a lot of guys might come in the program go- talking to, you know, coming from other other companies or dating companies or pickup companies or whatever, thinking the whole point is to try to get laid as quickly as possible, as much as possible. And what is the best manipulation techniques to get their girl to bed and whatever. And we're like, actually, we got this crazy thing called, we want to give women an amazing experience. It's really <laughs> not about Imagine you. That. Yeah. Like actually we're not really about, you know, results. The results are just going to come. It's about the process. What can you level up? Go back to our leveling up thing. Like, what can we level up? Or, you know, it's not just about weird techniques that make you pretend you're some high status guy. What if, and hear me on this, we actually make you a high status guy. Like, what if you attend Cosmos calls on social circles and build up that lifestyle circle? What if you attended Prince's calls and the coach here and, and got the in shape and the kind of body that you want, right? Uh, what would happen if we started getting you more business success and you took our business masterclass and started finding ways to do a side hustle, make more money for yourself and live this fun lifestyle? What if, right? And it's like, oh, it's not just lines and techniques to, you know, hook up with girls. Nah, what if... Uh, you had abundance where you were constantly meeting women and not just getting rid of them, but they, they stick, they stuck around. 
that you went out with women versus went out to meet them purely, right? And they're like, oh, shit, right? So a lot of guys coming in, it really becomes a cultural shift, a mindset shift in terms of the lifestyle they can live, what we're about, uh, undo the problematic um, uh, programming that a lot of other companies or a lot of other techniques talk about, and then teach them how to learn. Teach them how to like actually go about learning this the correct way and where to where to start. Like some guys are like, I know everything. I got ego. Uh, I just want to know what to do on a date. And we're like, how many dates are you getting? Oh, like once a month. And they're usually not the kind of girl I like. I'm like, then what are we fuck are we talking about? Let's let's start, you know, with the with the more basic stuff, the stuff that you we actually need to uh, get in store here. And maybe it's emotional work, maybe it's inner game work, whatever the fuck, right? So that's really what to expect is it's the, it's the wake up call of there is a better way. There is a better mechanism here in modern flirting. Let's first indoctrinate you on that. In fact, the, the starter videos, right? When guys join our program, we send them a, like a handful of starter videos and none of them are like the tactical shit of like, here's how to open, here's how to tease, here's how to escalate. It's all like, Here's a lifestyle you can live, the success ladder, step-by-step step, how to do it. Here's proof that it works. Here's what our students are doing currently with their lifestyle and whatnot, right? Here's this ultimate funnel of how to build this, the, the, again, the lifestyle uh, that's going to get you where you want to be. Here's the mindset that we want you to have. It's all to like get them in the, to understand I'm in the right place. This is awesome. I see the vision. Now... I understand I, I, the importance of why I want to learn this. I thought it was one thing, but it's actually much bigger than that. All right, let's get to work. Because otherwise you're going to get a guy who's one foot in, one foot out, doesn't value it, doesn't really understand. Hey, hello, uh, Cosmos talk about Alex, right? Alex was like that. He'll admit it. For the first four months he was in a program, he was one foot in, one foot out. Finally, he came to a boot camp. He saw what we can do. Seeing is believing. And then all of a sudden he's like, fuck, I need to like study this material more. I need to be, I need to make this a higher priority. It was amazing. Be like in the beginning, you know, Alex, why aren't you on calls more? Alex, why aren't you going to the master class more? Oh, I don't have the time, man. I don't have the time. I'm just really busy. All of a sudden, after that boot camp, magically, you have the time. All of a sudden, now, now <laughs> priorities, right? right? But he's like, yeah, I, I, I got to stop just making excuses and being a bitch and just actually use this because now I see the value of it. When you tell somebody you're too busy, it's actually an insult. What you're telling them is you don't see the value. And it's our job to show them what that value is. Yeah, no, agreed. And that, that that's, man, that's such the power too of, of boot camps and live training and things like that is you have it like right there in front of you. You have somebody working with you in the moment, not just like, hey man, I'm on a video or I'm on a Zoom call with you. Go out and try this, try this, try this. And I mean, and there's certain certainly value in that too. But the... Uh, the hands-on experience of being there with that coach, working through those sticking points, working through the problems that, that you're encountering, you know, can set off so many light bulbs because, you know, we're, we're privy to being able to see somebody's blind spots that they don't see, you know, because they're them and they can't, you know, necessarily see what their body language looks like or, or their tone or, if they're coming in all weird, <laughs> approaching all kinds of crazy, you know what I mean? Like they, they may not be, you know, being able, they might not be able to notice that, 
right? And now you have somebody with you right then and there to show you what's possible, how to fix it. Let bam, let's get it done over the course of a weekend. Speaking of which, Cosmo, I know you got a boot camp coming up here uh, pretty quick, right? Yeah, I got um uh one actually yeah I I got one J July fifteenth and some of the guys couldn't make that one so I'm doing July twenty second and then I'm doing our free boot camp July 29th. so so I'm doing three boot camps back to back to back. Wow 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 wow! Yeah, that's crazy. Putting putting in them hours. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's no dope sleep. though. That, yeah, and, and I mean, hey, uh, you know any, anybody that lives out on the west coast or you want to make the uh if you don't you want to make the uh the trip definitely come see cosmo reach out to him make it happen the 12th through the 14th of august me and jamie are going to be in los angeles doing it up you know so there's no excuse really to not make it happen for yourself and it's not like these things are uh priced so outrageously that it's like you know <laughs> Uh, it's just impossible for people if it's a priority to you and you want to make it happen and you uh, want to have a life-changing experience bam it, it's right here it's available for you all you have to do is take advantage of it you know that that's basically what it boils down to so um yeah and I mean that that's real growth if you're able to make that kind of commitment and uh, take the action to do so speaking of growth I don't know if you guys know this. I've been checking the stats on this very podcast mm. and it is blowing the fuck up. Oh, so nice. Thank I'm you excited. viewers, by the way. Thank you everybody listening to this for blowing yeah, it up. Absolutely. We, we love our loyal fans here. Also, um, what I'm going to say for the guys blowing up the podcast, I want to hear those stats fail, but um, shoot a email over to psych at modernflirting.com. P-S-Y-C-H at modernflirting.com. If there's some topics you want us to cover, we'll give you some shout outs. Uh, I would love to see this podcast getting more interactive as the days, weeks, months go on. And that is your direct line to us. So if you have a situation going on, you will have the four of us as a think tank for you to help you out with whatever situation you're dealing with or just fun topics you want us to cover. I am so down to make this a much more interactive thing for, for our fans. What I'll do is I'll put your email in the uh, description for Perfect. the podcast. And yeah, that's great. Anybody that wants to reach out, you got a topic you want us to cover. That's what we're here for. You know, it, it isn't for us. We could do this without a camera on or recording it. You know, we could sit around and kick it and just talk about whatever, you know what I mean? But we want it to be for you and purposeful. So is it you're able to come away with this? Like, you know, Hey, I learned something, something that I can apply to my life that is going to help it improve, right? That's what this is all about. So um, you have any last words, Jamie? No. <laughs> yeah. She's always like, I'm good, actually. I'm not here to talk. <laughs> you said it all. Um, also, I was thinking. No, uh, but also. I get so many, I get so many questions on my um, TikTok. I should probably just start writing them down. Down. Yeah, so we can talk about them here. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, it's a great. Then idea. we get an editor, edit, make this into a cute little TikTok, and then put it uh, up. So that people get. They're like, "Oh, modern flirting podcast." Yeah. I'll do um, I'll do a bombshell on you guys. I think our next retreat will be in September, and if it is, then it's going to be televised. 
It'll be on the Match Me in Miami show. So that, that could be fun. All right. Yeah. yeah, what's going on with that? Wait, I want to talk about it. Ah, next next episode, next week, we'll give you more in the letter. But yeah, for those who don't know, I'm going to be uh, featured on uh, a new show on the Roku channel uh, called Match Me in Miami. So stay tuned for that. Who knows when it's going to be released? We haven't even started filming it yet, but probably around Christmas or January. I don't, I'm, I'm assuming if they, if they stop filming in September. Uh, and it's going to be me with five or six other dating coaches or matchmakers uh, all helping. They're going to be following us around in our life. Who knows? Maybe yours truly will find the love on national television. And they're going to go into my own, <laughs> my own personal life and what's going on, as well as the other coaches. But we're also going to be helping men and women, interestingly enough, uh, on this show and seeing what we can do for them. And here's a kicker. I just found this out yesterday. I'm talking to producers like every other day now. Um, I just found out that I am the only male dating coach matchmaker on the show. So it's going to be me and five or six women on the show. I know how I feel. (laughs) Yeah, it's definitely going to be like, all right, team girls, let's do this. So this is going to go, I think it go really well and fun or it can go really bad. I'm like, oh, fuck, I'm going to get massively teamed up on right here. This is bad. (laughs) But we'll see. We'll see. Cosmo, you got any last words? Love you guys. Short and sweet. All right. So, guys, every week we are dropping a new podcast. So definitely subscribe. Definitely make sure that you're checking for this because we want to bring you content that is relatable to you and your life. And, I mean, hey, we're down to have fun and kick around, you know, just whatever fluff topics too. But ultimately – We want you to take something away from this that is going to improve your life, help you to level up. And if you really want to take it to the next level, I'm going to put the link in the description. Become a member of the Modern Flirting Facebook group and really see what that's about. See really what we're doing um, and all meet the guys that we're working with every day and watching their life improve. And it's happening right in front of your eyes and you can be one of them should you choose to uh, make it happen, right? So, cool. All right, fellas, um, and Jamie. Uh, <laughs> She's a fella. Uh, She's, you got a bigger dick than any of us. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see you in the next one. Salute. What the fuck with that? <laughs> um, are you... You gonna send over the link for the uh, meeting, or are we just keeping this rolling? Or um, let's keep this rolling. I'm gonna have you guys uh, discuss amongst yourselves for a second. I have to like keep it out because he's gonna shit himself. Um, just give me one second. All right, well, I'll turn off the recording. Yeah, we need to.